Okay, friends, let's dive in. I've got like 25 minutes, so I got to roll, um, and uh, then we're going we're gonna to get rolling. So hey, here's the deal. If you have your Bible, uh, what I would encourage you to do real quickly is uh, just turn to a couple of places. One, you can go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 3, just kind of mark it there real quick. Uh, then turn over a handful of pages and then mark it in Genesis chapter 11. And if you got your Bible, you're like, I don't even know where Genesis is. It's the very first book in your Bible. So we're making it really easy for you as we get started. Um, and then uh, we're going to move to the New Testament shortly after that. But I want you to see a couple of things uh, because tonight we're going to kind of continue to build on this over the next uh, couple of few weeks together. Um, and, and this is the idea tonight that I want to talk about as far as our identity we're going to talk about a couple of things. One, I guess you could say we're going to talk about dignity, or we're going to talk about worth, or we're going to talk about equality. A uh, matter of fact, uh, when you had the United States um, formed and its founders uh, decided uh, the Constitution, they decided that they wanted to have equality for all people. And the reason they did that is because the founders thought there's a biblical idea, there's a concept that they had in mind, and that was, is that everyone was created in the image of God, and because of that, they had intrinsic worth, intrinsic value, and they should be treated as such. And so today, what I want you to do is I want you to see a few things. And here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you to put your cell phones down. I'm going to ask you to put all your, your candy and stuff down. And so really, uh, there's couple of things that you can have. You can have your Bible, you can have a little something to drink, right? And then you can have a pen, maybe a notepad or something like that. If not, just undivided attention, okay? So here's what I'm going to... So our founding fathers thought about this idea of, of dignity, of value, of worth, of uh, really just people created in the image of God. And tonight I want to show you that uh, this is a God-given concept and not only is this God-given concept, but there's a lot of confusion about our day and time around this whole idea of, of race and color and discrimination, all these different things. But I want you to show, show you what the Bible says about a handful of things that might surprise you, um, might help give some clarity uh, to some things that you might think are a little confusing. Um, and more than that, just that we would honor the Lord and all of it, regardless of, of what we look like, uh, regardless of where we come from, we all share eternal worth, we share value, we share dignity before God. And so I just want you to know that, hear that, and we just ask that God will give us wisdom as we discuss a couple of things tonight around the idea of partiality, the sin of partiality, something that James talks about, the half-brother of Jesus in James chapter 2. We'll get there in a few moments, but before so, we're going to kind of set the foundation. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to dive in. Ready? Uh, Father in heaven, we love you. We ask for your wisdom, your clarity, your discernment in our lives through the Word of God and the work of God by your Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the key. I think what's really important is to know is that we all share a common ancestry, every single one of us. Um, if, if you've ever filled out a job application, anybody in here, you're old enough to have filled out a job application for? Okay, now here's the deal. In our day and age now, you go to fill something out online. Uh, maybe it's going to be getting ready for your driver's license. They're going to ask you your race. And then they're going to ask you the, not only that you, you have a race, but then you're going to look at it. There's going to be a list of like 27 things. 
okay? And it's going to go like, okay, you're, you're, you're white, or you're black, you're Caucasian, or you're like Caucasian, like slash Labrador, slash whatever, right? And it's like, you, and like, you look at this list of 27 things, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know what I am. What am I, you know? And, and we, we look at these lists, and I think in our day and time, because we want to try to identify, and in some ways, I think, we want to make sure we don't miss any partisan group or, or something. We, we want to list everything. Can I just help you understand? We have a common ancestry, and then here's the key. Listen, we are one race. We're one race. Now, you may wonder, well, what, what do you mean by that? Well, here's what Genesis chapter 3. You remember Genesis chapter 1 talks about creation. Genesis chapter 2 talks about the creation of man. Genesis chapter 3 talks about the fall of man, Adam and Eve, which we covered sufficiently together. And Genesis chapter 3 is God is covering um, Adam and Eve, and he's going to give a provision for them. It is interesting to note that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 20, look at the words. It says, and the man, meaning Adam, Adam called his wife's name Eve. Everybody say Eve. Not everybody did it, so let's do it again. One, two, three. Eve. Now look what Eve is. Eve is the mother of all living. She's the mother of all living. Now you might ask the question, well, why, why is that important? Well, it's important to note that we are all humans and we all come from the same place. So you trace your lineage, your heritage. You get on Ancestry.com, do a little sample of DNA, see all the people you're related to. Well, listen, if we go far enough back, we are all related together. And you go, well, I don't, I don't look like them, and they don't look like me. And we have different hair colors and skin textures and tones and hair textures and all these different things. And we have different uh, noses and facial features and all these different things. They're tall. They're short. And you can see that even in ethnicities or people groups. Here's what I want you to see. Genesis 3.20 says, Eve was the mother of all living. So all of us come from Eve. Listen, it doesn't stop there. What I want you to do, flip over to Genesis chapter 11, because you might ask the question, well, how did we get diversity? So diversity is the fact that we all have different skin colors or different languages. And um, now in this room, you'd say, well, we don't have a ton of different languages in the room. We may have a couple or, you know, maybe three different languages that are uh, in this room. But how do you have that across the globe? How do you have diversity in skin tones? Have you ever asked that question? Ever thought about it? Well, listen, the answer is found in Scripture. So in Genesis chapter 11, if you have it, I'm going to put for you up on the screen verses 3 and following, but I want you to listen real quick and take note of verse 1. I should have put it for you on the screen, and I didn't because I was trying to save myself a little time. But in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, it says, The whole earth had one language and the same words. So at this point in the creation story and all that's happened, at this point... The flood has already occurred. Uh, at this point, there is still one people group. They have the same language. They have the same words. And it says, and they migrated uh, from the east and they, they found the plain of Shinar. Now we'll pick up in verse three and I'll show it to you. And it says, and they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And look what they said. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Now, what they were doing was in some ways desiring for their name to be great. Almost this idea of a self-centered, narcissistic desire for worship. So here it is, this, this people group that was was left over ultimately from the flood and had had uh, 
I guess you could say propagated. Um, they, they are, they've grown. They are still one language, one people, likely one color. They've moved to the plain of Shinar. It is there that they say, hey, let's build a tower to the heavens. Let's make a name for ourselves. And then they're boasting and their arrogance. They are saying, we are going to do something special that celebrates who we are. Now, we live in a culture now that says something similar. Let us celebrate who we are. Let us celebrate our diversity, our distinctions. Let us celebrate who I'm supposed to be. But the challenge is, is in this attempt to celebrate themselves, they said, let us do this, lest God disperse us over the first face of the earth. And look at verse 5. And the Lord came down to the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And then the Lord said, Behold! When he says that word, behold, he, may, he says, pay attention, because I'm about to do something awe-inspiring. You need to pay attention. I would encourage you to do the same. Pay attention to what God says here. He says, behold, they are one people, and they all have what? One what? Okay, let's say it all. They're one people, and they have one? Okay, y'all see that? And then he says, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. So look here. God sees the people in the plain of Shinar and their defiance and opposition against him. And so God says, come, let us, plural, Father, Son, Spirit, the Trinity, come let us go down. And what does he say? He says, and we're going to confuse their language so they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from the face of the earth and they left uh, off uh, building the city. Therefore, it is now named Babel because the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. So here it is. Listen, up until this point, not only is their humanity in one race, but at this point, there's been one language. But then God at the Tower of Babel at the plain of Shinar now disperses them, and they are dispersed into people groups. And listen, after a time, a period of being dispersed into people groups, and time builds upon time, here's what happens. Parents who are short, and they are dark-complected, have short, dark-complected children. Got it? People who are tall and are light-complected have tall, light-complected children. And these children, regardless of their tone or their texture of hair, they speak different languages, don't they? And over time, you have languages and people and dialects and ethnicities all develop. But my friends, my question is, is as these all develop because God confused their language, meaning they don't speak the same thing anymore. They did speak something. God intervened, confused their language. Now they have new dialects, new tongues, new tribes, and new tribal units instantly. Do you see how the people groups then are established? And so let me ask you this. Before they became their own language and their own tribe, and ultimately long-term, short or tall, skinny or wide, they were one people, right? And one language. Can I ask you the question? When they were one language and one tribe and one people in the plain of Shinar, where did they come from? Before that, where did they come from? 
Eve. Hold on, hold on, where? Say it one more time because I can't hear you. Eve. Are there some confusion in the back about where they came from? They came from where? Okay, now look, listen. The question that you have to ask yourself now is this. Very, very, very important. I wish I had a chair to stand in. Maybe I can get one right here. Very important. Listen, do you believe that? Do you believe that? It's a very, very, very pivotal question. Is that nonsense? Is that how it happened? Or not? And so up until that point, is everyone from... Eve, were they all one people in one language? And did God displace them and disperse them in the plain of Shinar? And if he did, and that happened, then listen, you're red, yellow, black, and white, short and tall and small. All came from Eve. Make sense? So that means that everyone is a human and the idea of ethnicities is really something that we've created and fabricated. Matter of fact, let me go a step further. Can I tell you that the only distinct people groups that we have are really twofold in our Bible? I'm going to show you the physical one, and then I'm going to show you a spiritual one. So a physical one. If you go one chapter over to Genesis chapter 12, I can't go through all of it, but let me just share real quickly what you have. You have a guy named Abram who was called out of Ur the Chaldeans. He was one of the people that was there at the Tower of Babel, apparently, was dispersed into another group of people, eventually called out of Ur the Chaldeans. And when he was called out of Ur of the Chaldeans, God says, I want to make you to a new people. He goes, I'm going to call you Israel eventually. He goes, I'm going to give you land, people, blessings. I'm going to make your name great. And you're going to be a blessing. You're going to be a blessing, Abraham. Your people are going to bless the whole world. You're going to bless all nations. And he called them the Jews. And so you have now Jews. They're, they're physical people. Now let me ask you a question. Who else do you have in the Bible besides the Jews? You have what? You have the Gentiles. You have the Gentiles. You have Jews and Gentiles. That is the most clear people group. If you and I are going to fill out a form online, we ought to be asked, are you a Jew or are you a Gentile? Because ultimately it all sums it up. We are either from Eve, and we all are, or you're a Jew and a Gentile. And that's the only categories you really need. Because ultimately from there, everything else comes from one of those two things. You are from Eve and you are either a Jew or you are a Gentile. Do you see the point here? Now, you might ask the question, why, why does it even matter? Why, why do you even care about that? And the reason I care about that is because in, in our culture right now, there's a really big deal being made about this, the idea of, of racism and, and favoritism and all these different things. But the key is, if you and I can realize that we all came from the same exact place, ultimately, we're all descendants from God, from Eve, and we all start out as one language, one people group. We were dispersed into a, a bunch of different, and, and here we happen to be Americans and we happen to speak English. But there are people that are related to us across seas and they don't speak English and they don't look like us, but they are of us. They're the human race and they are also Gentiles because they aren't Jews. Make sense? So that is one of the physical people, but let me tell you about the spiritual people. There's a spiritual thing too that you and I should be made aware of and, and that's a different group of people. And that is um, a distinct people group. And that is people who are um, in the first Adam or there's people that are in the second Adam. Now, people that are in the first Adam are dead in sin. We talked about this at length a, 
a while back. But if you and I inherit the sin of Eve and Adam, our descendants, because we are of one human race, it means that we are all conceived in sin and we are born in iniquity. David says that in, in Psalm chapter 51. But here's the deal. There's another spiritual people, and those are the people who are the second Adam. Now, who is the second Adam? Somebody just tell me his name. Jesus. So Romans chapter 5 is a great place. If you want to turn there, you can if you have time. But in verse 17, you can make a note of it. You can go back and read it. I'll put it for you on the screen. But it just says this, For if because of one man's trespass, that's the first Adam, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So he says there are There are two distinct spiritual groups. There are those who are dead in sin because of the first Adam and the sin that you inherit from your father, Adam, and his wife, Eve. Your physical mother, long, long way back. And he goes, and then there's the rebirth. There's a rebirth that takes place spiritually because of the fact that we are now in Christ and we have been born again. We are a new creation because we are a new spiritual people and we have the perfect Adam, Jesus, with the help of his spirit, we can live in righteousness and in an abundance of grace. Now, here's where the challenge happens. The challenge happens is that if you and I are not in Christ, meaning we don't have Jesus living inside of us and we don't have the direction of our spirit. Uh, I'm sorry, the direction of his spirit. I'm not our spirit. If we don't have the direction of his spirit, then what happens is that we forget that we are ultimately descendants of Eve. We forget that we are human uh, of a human race and of humankind. And we begin to look at each other as different. And it's not hard for us to look at people in our school hallways it's not hard to look at each other, even as we're in a restaurant together. It's not hard to look at one another and, and make judgments, is it? It's not hard to look at somebody and go, man, they are so different than me. And it's not hard, it's not hard for uh, us to, to look and, and sometimes make poor judgments and, and sometimes uh, in, in, in really an attempt to, to be hateful without God's spirit, we can do things that are corrupt and really debase God's creation. You agree with that? Like you, you can do things that would de- demean someone or ridicule or tear someone down, and that is without the Spirit of God. Now listen, that can happen occasionally even to those of us who have the Spirit of God, but it shouldn't if we understand where we came from and ultimately the distinct distinctions in the Bible. Make sense? But I want to talk to you real quickly, if you understand this, that we have one ultimately human race, two distinct physical groups, Jews and Gentile, and two distinct spiritual groups in Christ or in the first Adam, why we have to avoid the sin of partiality. You might even wonder, what is the sin of partiality? What does that even mean? Well, the half-brother of Jesus does tell us about that in James chapter 2. And so we'll read it. I encourage you to turn your Bible there. It's rather lengthy. Uh, it's about nine verses. Uh, we're going to walk through it real quick, and we're going to do so very quickly, and then we're going to head to small group. This is what James, the half-brother of Jesus, says. He says, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay no attention to one who wears the fine if, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing, say, hey, you sit here in a good place while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or you sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? 
What he says is, he goes, if there's a person who comes in the back door of our congregation, and he goes, and you look at them, and you make judgments upon them, and you would say, hey, let me give you preference, because you look like you have it together. You look like, you, you look like me. You might have good social status. You might have money. You might have prestige. Hey, let me sit you over here. But then you look at a poor man, or you look at someone who wouldn't look at you, or maybe even you look at someone, and they, they look a little scary, or a little bit rugged, or a little ragged, or, or you might even go, oh, I'm not sure they belong here. And he goes, if you're not careful, he'll go, you'll make a judgment, and you'll past judgment based off of what someone looks like. And he goes, that's a problem. He even asks the question, he goes, is it not a problem that you make distinctions and that you become the judge with evil thoughts? Then he goes on. He says, listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom with which he promised to those who love him? But you've dishonored the poor man. Are, are not the rich ones the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme an honorable name by which you were called? So he goes, listen, do you realize that it's oftentimes the rich man who drags you into court because he has money? He's the one who's likely to sue you. He's the one who's likely to turn his back on you. He goes, it's the poor man that you look at and you make a judgment against. He goes, it's them, he goes, that God is in many cases using across the world. And you look at them and they look despised or rejected, much like Jesus did. Jesus was of no comely appearance. He, he wasn't one that people looked on and goes, you know what, he's worth following. Matter of fact, a lot of people looked at Jesus and they said, oh, we don't want no part of him. He did not look like the Jews desired him to look. And because of that, they reject him. And so the point that you would even see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is that God oftentimes uses the lowly, the despised, the people that don't look like you, don't act like you, don't speak like you. He goes, he's using those to do amazing things. So God's warning here through his brother, uh, through Jesus' half-brother James, his warning is just be careful how you pass judgment on other people based off of what they look like. Makes sense, but he doesn't stop there. He just says, and if you really fulfill the royal law according to scripture, what is the royal law? I would say it's similar to the golden rule that you'll hear about in small group. He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He goes, you're doing well. If you love your neighbor as yourself, and he says, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. So he goes, if you look down on others and show partiality, he goes, it's a problem. Now, here's the deal. Listen, I want you to think about this real quick. How, how have you ever showed partiality? Okay, and I'll just show, like, here's a variety of ways. It can be you show partiality because of somebody's social status, because they, they're more popular or not. Maybe it's because of financial status. Maybe it's because they have money or not. Maybe it's because of their age. Maybe they're older or younger and you feel uh, in some ways adept to, to have an aptitude to one or the other. Maybe it's a skin tone or maybe it's a hair texture. Maybe it's facial features. Maybe it's a gender. Maybe it's class or uh, there's other ways across the world. They have a caste system. Um, perhaps in India, that's a big, big deal. They have caste systems and, and they, they organize them by these five different caste systems in which the lowest is one called an untouchable, which you're not even to come in proximity by. Matter of fact, the untouchable, if you were to see or be near them, you'd beat sticks so that you would know to stay far enough away from them. 
that's a real thing. And so you can make preferences off of geography or even perhaps education because you think somebody's smart or somebody's not as smart or intelligent. Maybe it could be language or ancestry. You see all the different ways that in some ways you can make a judgment. Or So those are all ways that we can, but you might ask the question, well, how, how can that be expressed? How do I even express those things? Well, I would say oftentimes in our thoughts, our attitudes, our feelings, our words, all of these different ways, our relationships, um, I would say in some ways you could go further than that. So what's the point? Well, here's, here's the point. The point is if you realize that we're all a human race and the only distinctions that we have in all of our Bible that are super clear is Jew and Gentile, it makes us a Gentile. And if we're a Gentile, that means we fall in line with the Moabat, the Philistine, and every other place and person in the Bible that we might not like. Does that make sense? Because you are not a Jew. And so if you're not a Jew, it really makes you lower than in some ways, not in God's eyes or in his image, but certainly you could feel like you're lower. But the point is, and James is saying, listen, we shouldn't show partiality. Why? Because God's spirit should lead us to remind us that God created all of us as image bearers. And if we were image bearers, we should seek not to show partiality on any of those things. And so here's my three things I want to just encourage you to. One is that you and I should seek to avoid showing partiality. James 2 makes that super clear. So avoid it. Do all that you can. Ask God to help you in not showing partiality to your neighbor. Ask his spirit to to lead you and guide you, regardless of why you show partiality. Two, avoid destructive language. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 29 just says this, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such that is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Friends, may our tongues build up and not tear down. May we use our lives and our lips to edify and encourage. And that's a great question. A great question is, is who have I defamed with my tongue in recent months? Was that a, was that a girl because I didn't like something she did? Was that someone of a different skin texture or color? Was it somebody that was a different age than me? Did I, do I feel like I'm superior because I'm older? What is it? Like, what, what is it that leads you to that? Ask that question. And then ask also for the Lord to help you. But the third thing is, at the end of the day, the goal is, if, if we are image bearers, that we should seek to honor everyone. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 just says this, love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. Friends, Matthew chapter five just reminds us that we are the light of the world. And if we are the light of the world and we are a city on the hill and we are to let our light shine, friends, I'll tell you, one of the ways we do that best is by considering others as better than ourselves. That's what Paul says to the church of Philippi in Philippians 2. He just says, hey, have the same attitude as Christ. What was Christ? Christ was one who came as a Jew to bless all nations, even the Gentiles. Isn't it so awesome that God sees the value that you and I have regardless of texture of our skin or color of our skin or texture of our hair or our geography or where we come from? Why? Because ultimately we're all one human race. And so as we walk out of this room, may I just remind you that you and I all have one mother. Her name is what? Eve. We are either a Jew or a Gentile. We happen to all be Gentiles. What really matters most is either you're in Christ or you're not in Christ. 
If you're in Christ, then you show no partiality because it honors God as an image bearer. It reflects his goodness. And if you're not in Christ, may you come to know him because he loves you. And as a Jew, he willingly gave his life so that you as a Gentile separated because of wrath and condemnation of your sin, he says, hey, you can be grafted into a spiritual family regardless of where you come from, your ancestry, your background, regardless of what you've done or where you've been or even what's done to you, there's a God in heaven. His name was Jesus and he loves you and he gave his life so that you could be a part of a family of God, a family that involves numerous nations, numerous languages, numerous skin colors. Make sense? And so may we ask God to help us honor him as we honor and love our neighbor as ourself. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, help us to love our neighbor as ourself. Help us to honor and help us to love you and serve you in all things and in all ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.